Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people... It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. Well, well, not quite the end of the college football season that many people saw coming, right? Or maybe everybody saw coming. By the way, apparently Georgia, um, people underestimated Georgia, right? I heard a Georgia player said they picked us to be seven and five. No, there's not a human being that picked you to be seven and five. Not one. Zero. But Georgia was great. TCU was not. Georgia's also better than TCU and played a very good, complete football game and TCU was a, was a mess. Was a mess. And, and like to me, if you don't know the future is coming, 
then you're going to get left in the past. In TV, if you don't have streaming, you ain't got nothing. Right? If you don't have streaming, you ain't got nothing. Um, couple years, this is actually more, probably 15 years ago. Okay, I have a, I have a dear friend who's the general sport, uh, the general sales manager um, at, uh, at an Acura dealership in Connecticut. Okay, an Acura dealership in Connecticut. And um, his name is Peter Reeve. If anybody knows Peter, make sure you tell him I said hello. We exchange Christmas cards, a text every once in a while. He's a fantastic guy. And I used to, I, I bought um, RLs. Now it's an RLX. And I don't know if, so like Acura is the upgraded Honda, right? Lexus is the upgraded Toyota. And Infinity is the upgraded Nissan. Okay, we're all familiar with this. So an Acura RL is like the really nice version of an Accord. So I had, um, I saved a bunch of money. And in the early 2000s, I had heard about this Lexus coming out and it's a GS 450 H. And my first nice car that I bought when I made some money playing in Europe was a GS. I think it was 450, which is the faster one. And again, that's their like souped up Camry with a big motor rear wheel drive. When I moved to Connecticut, I got a pickup truck. Cause I was like, well, snow Connecticut can't use it. Need a truck lived kind of, in a, in a, in a subdivision, but it was fairly rural and I was constantly hauling stuff. If you ever, if you can afford the gas in a pickup truck, like trucks are awesome. Just have, you have multiple cars, everybody, no one's ever said like, I don't like having a pickup truck. And once you get rid of it, you're like, man, but I always wanted this GS 450 H man. Cause I had read about it. I'm a, you know, back when it was magazines and I travel, I'd get car and driver and motor trend and you name it. And I love to read about cars. So the GS450H was the first hybrid and it was really a hybrid, not necessarily to save gas. It made it faster because there's no delay. When you step down, that's when the electric takes over, right? And you save some gas as well. So I had another buddy who was at the Lexus dealership and when it came in, he brought it to my house. It's a real story. My kids, my twin girls were babies and they were probably... This is like August or yeah, probably August. So they were like five months old or something like that. They weren't very old. And uh, he brings it to my house. It still has all the coverings on all the seats except for the driver's seat. And he's like, drive it for the weekend, even the week. And then come and I'm sure you're going to love it. Drop off the check and we'll get you started. So I, I, I take off. I said, I'll be back in like 20 minutes and I'm like driving for two hours and this thing drives. I like how not everybody likes how Lexus's drive. This is the Doug Gottlieb show, by the way, Fox sports radio. Um, I, I like how Lexus drive. I like that. It's quiet. It's smooth. You know, I like, listen, since I've had Audis, which are more German power, it's a different feel. And I love those as well, but I like a Lexus just felt so well made. And then it's so quick. Because the one thing with Lexus is not that fast. This one, fast. So I came back and I'm like, I got to have that. And we're all in. And then I slept on it and I woke up and I was like, you know, the trunk is tiny. I had twin girls, twin strollers, and it was real wheel drive. And I'm in the woods in Connecticut. 
And so I went and I drove an Acura and an Acura is all wheel drive. They, nothing ever breaks on those things. Like you can go out and you can search for used cars. Now they never break. They'll go like 300,000 miles. Like you don't even need to put gasoline in those things. You, you put a little water in it. They probably still run. And I was like, you know, I don't take great care of cars. I don't want to break down. I don't want to get stuck in the snow. I, I said, I love the, the Lexus, but it's just not for me. I got twin babies. I'm going to get the Acura. So Peter's deal was like, I had the greatest deal ever. Uh, he lived two miles from me on the way to his work, which is like 30 minutes away. So when I need an oil change, he's like, don't worry, I'll switch you out for the day. I'd wake up in the morning, leave the, leave my keys like under my mat and there'd be another Acura there. And I drive that to work, come back. And then the next morning, my car would be back. And all I'd have to do is give my credit card and I get the oil change. Like it was great. So Peter and I, one night, I was like, you know, let me take you to dinner. You've been so nice to me. So we go to dinner and I said, you know, what's their plan with hybrids? Not in their plans. What about electric cars? Not in their plans. So now fast forward to now and Honda, as great a car company as it is, kind of behind the eight ball because they're playing catch up with the hybrids and they're playing catch up with the electric cars. Right? If you're not ahead of it and you're behind it, you kind of get left in the dust. And while Honda has still done well, let's be honest, Acura was ahead of it with the midsize luxury SUV. The MDX sell very well, but not with the sedans and they barely sell any of them. You got to be ahead of what's changed in college football. That was a mismatch. Don't get me wrong. Georgia was awesome. George is well coached. What happens sometimes when you say it's a talent mismatch, you act like they're not well coached. Uh Uh-uh. They're really well coached. But they also have really good players. Better players than TCU's players. And while TCU could make it work and find a way against Michigan, again, if we're honest, and I'm a Big 12 wonk, okay? I'm the guy sitting here telling you I love the Big 12. And with Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12, those schools should have been better. And Oklahoma has been better. And they've been competing on the national stage. But they've always come up a a tad short. Many people point to the defensive lines being the difference. Texas and Oklahoma, they got the level of dudes. Why? Now it's NIL. It's NIL. And and it's, it's overall level of investment. And look, there's the other parts to it. Georgia is the state university in the state of Georgia. It's an incredible high school football state. They got incredible tradition, though they hadn't won a national championship until last year in 40 years. With Mark Rick, they were always like one play away, one game away, and they still got down to Atlanta and played. In the, they just couldn't get over the hump. Even with Kirby, they couldn't get over the hump. A couple years ago, Tua comes in, saves the day in the, in the, in the national championship game, right? Or in the SEC, SEC championship game? Yeah, SEC championship game. But the point is that Georgia was a sleeping giant. Now they've awoken. And they've awoken in the era of the NIL. And if you're not, if you don't understand what's changed in college football, you have, they have the triple whammy working for them. Okay? They have a bigger recruiting base because they're the state university in Georgia. They have, they're well funded in the NIL as well as all of their, all their state, all their facilities and whatever. Okay. They have location, 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 proximity to talent. Now they have the history, recent history of success and putting dudes in the NFL and they're well-funded. Like that is what the sport is going to become. The haves 
and have-nots. And when the have-nots get an upset in a playoff, that's what it looks like when they get to a college football national championship game. TCU, in order to be competitive, would have had to play their absolute best game. They probably played one of their worst. Georgia would have had to play their worst game. They might have played their best. But guys were wide open. They were better coached and prepared, but also they just had better players. And in football, more so than basketball, because basketball, the SEC is recruiting Alabama, Arkansas. That's the story to what's happened in Kentucky. It's not just overtime elite. No, Alabama, Arkansas are recruiting at or above the level of Kentucky. Kentucky's got help on the way. But the NIL has balanced out that, the SEC, but there's no balance outside of the SEC versus the ACC. Like, what happened in the ACC in basketball? That happened. First, they hired great coaches. Gave them, paid them a bunch of money. Now they got the NIL. They're paying the kids a bunch of money and they got better players than everybody else. I mean, Dan Byer, you were at the game. Did it look like two teams that were playing the same sport? (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was something, Doug. Um, The Stetson Bennett touchdown run early. TCU didn't even know he had the ball. And he ran for 15 to 20 yards. How about the, how about the first touchdown throw? Yeah. <laughs> Kids open by 30 yards. Yes. It was. I, I had even said to our Fox Sports Radio colleague, Aaron Torres, um, who was also at the game, like TCU getting the ball first and having the miserable series, the three and out, you know, lost yardage, was really the worst thing that could happen. And then I realized uh, when it was 38 to 7 at half that that was probably about 10th on the list. Like it was just, there was no match. Um, and, and I think that there are a lot of factors for that reason. But yeah, it was, it, it, it was a one sided affair. I mean, it was, it was bad. It was like one different of those, sport. like, yeah. yeah, they play in a different sport, you know? And, and I, I lo- like, look, basketball, a little bit different because the three point line, you can spread teams out. You know, you can do, you can like football, you just, you can't block them and they, you can't, they're, they're more athletic. Yeah. They can cover more ground. And, and then the, you know, um, John Ramos asked me before the show, he's like, well, TC was missing their starting running back. Well, that's again, the difference, the difference isn't necessarily your quarterback because big 12 schools have had great quarterbacks and they've had great wide receivers. Okay. The difference is when you have one guy go down. The Georgias and the Alabamas, they're replacing them with a high school All-American who's a freshman or a sophomore yeah. and just hasn't gotten the, the carries. That's, that's all. The depth of talent is obscene. And whereas everybody else can't hold on to their players, they can. Why? Because I'm playing more money. It's really that simple. You know? Well, I'll tell you that. Just even that, to, the, to, the, to the point of shorter running back, Michigan was down Blake Corum. Um, Ohio State was down to their third running back that they had um and we're still able to fare you know to that point of you know there are guys that step up in that in that spot no but question yeah, it wouldn't and, have and been the difference obviously. look i think i think ohio state is in that discussion with the sec in terms of how well funded their recruiting base their history putting guys in the nfl ohio state is in the big 10 not of the big 10 i think penn state is in that discussion Maybe a slight notch below, but James Franklin's an amazing recruiter. They have an amazing fan base. They have the NIL thing up, up and running pretty well. State of Pennsylvania still produces players. They can get into the South some. Look, kids 
by and large, oh yeah, by and large, okay, when you take out cheating, by and large, they go, they want to go somewhere where they, their parents can see them on TV. Their parents can come to a game. Like it's one of the reasons Notre Dame is genius. I think Notre Dame is going to be, they'll be because of its academic reputation, which is earned. It's a real academic, it's a real university. But the, the thing is this, that Notre Dame, they're, they're in that Michigan, a slight notch below the Ohio States and the SECs of the world. And maybe USC, I think will probably be there as well. But for the most part, kids want to go where their parents can see them play. Their friends can come see them play. That's why Notre Dame has the ACC thing where you play Florida State or Miami every year. They also, you know, they play SC every year or Stanford. So they're out in California. They're in California. They've been in Texas playing Texas. They've been in Florida and they're in Virginia as well as, you know, the, the Midwest. But it's, it's really going to be the SEC, those top three schools in the, in the Big Ten. You add in USC, so top four. And that's it. That's the sport. And the question is, who of the other programs can find a way to compete on a yearly basis? And I don't know the answer to it. I think that there is a lot at play. And I think that there's going to be a discussion on what a 12-team playoff does. I, I heard stuff of this is the 12-team playoff would eliminate what we had last night. Um, and then I also heard that now maybe you're there's no need to have 12 teams if there's only three good teams in college football. Um, I, I there are a lot of different sides to that. I think what also played out last night, Doug, is what shows you when you have a month to prepare for an opponent and when you have a week to prepare for an opponent. Um, you know, and I think that changes in the 12 team playoff as well. So maybe the cream does rise more to the top because you don't have a month to sit there and game plan and put absolutely everything together and, um, you know, your point about TCU maybe, you know, playing a bad game and Georgia playing a really good game and then compared to what TCU did against Michigan, I think that all has to do with preparation, you know, and, and what Ohio State was able to scheme up against Georgia. So, like, those are the those are the things that I think now the conversation has. And, and the one thing that I don't want to happen is now TCU to be the poster child of any program that isn't an Alabama in Ohio State or a Georgia or a Michigan or USC to have uh, that they shouldn't be in the bracket. And that's what I actually feel bad about with uh, with TCU is now there's going to be this label and now you got a new Big 12 conference where you're losing Oklahoma and Texas and how much how much credit how much is this game going to lend to that? I hope it doesn't do that. Maybe there's better ways to figure it out. Maybe the 12 team playoff ends up solving everything, but I just hope that's not the lasting image of see this is why you can't have a Big 12 school uh in a team in the national championship game, or th- this is why you can't have you know a group of five school make a run. It's only got to be the SEC and the Big Ten. I hope it doesn't come to that point in college football uh, because that would be a shame. Last night stunk. Last night was the worst possible matchup that you could have. I think of the four teams, and uh, sixty-five to seven later, um, it brings us to this point today. Dan, Doug, what'd you guys think of? Uh... David Pollock being on the set right next to Nick Saban. I think it was at halftime. And he's like, yeah, hey, Jason, George, I, was, I was at the game. George is the program. I, mean, I, I was at the game. Oh, I mean, I mean, yeah. Hey, man, I was at the game. I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't see it. I was at the game. I was did, at the game, did, man. Did you at least catch the Twitter reaction to that? I, I saw a TikTok of the slow-mo of it. Yeah. Of- a lot of – everyone was making a big deal that Pollock like, said that in Saban's face. And my thing was like – 
dude, he's given analysis and he's 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 basically given kind of a homer take on his team. Yes, but he's not. He, do we expect him to measure those comments and not say them because he's sitting next to Nick Saban? I mean, is that is that what we expected in that moment? I just thought the whole thing was a a big to do. Yes, I, I and I say yes by basically agreeing with you that no, he shouldn't hold back. So my yes was actually a a no. They have and, and by the way, they've got scoreboard. Not, o- not only did they beat Alabama last year in the national championship, um, I know they lost in the SEC championship to Alabama last year, but they then were able to validate it with an undefeated uh, season this year. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Byer, just having a few technical difficulties that we hope to wrap up in the next couple of seconds with Doug Gottlieb. So I'm going to carry some of the load and... Right now, joining us on the line to talk NFL and so much more. He spent 20 years in the NFL front offices, former GM of the Tampa Bay Bucks. Mark Dominic joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Happy New Year, Mark. How are you? 
I'm good. Happy New Year. And, uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to some wild card weekend. It's coming up quick, and I can't believe how fast that season blew by this year. Yeah, and, and, and it really – I mean, you, you get to week four and you're like, wow, this is quick. And then all of a sudden it's week 18 and then the uh, season ends up. And, and now here we are and looking at this coaching carousel and so much. Yeah. I want to get your thoughts on what happened uh, Sunday night with Aaron Rodgers leaving the field, how he did in Green Bay. What is do you think is going through Rodgers' mind right now? And, and, and what do you think ultimately his decision will be on, on what he does for next season? Yeah, you know what? Uh, you know, I think – Obviously, communication within the organization has gotten a lot better, or at least it feels like it's gotten a lot better to where I think Aaron is much in a better space than he was last year. Uh, my, also, what I think was important is watching uh, Watson just develop as a wide receiver, knowing that he's got a young guy that I think he's finding the chemistry with uh, is going to be a big piece of, I think, why his decision would be to return. I think the offensive line is playing a little bit better. I know Zach Tom came into the second half of that game as plates off and on throughout the, the offensive line there. But I think if Bakhtiari gets back, you know, you got Elgin Jenkins there, Myers. I mean, I think when you start to look at the whole piece and say, hey, you know, another wide receiver and maybe a, a younger tight end, and we should be pretty good. And I think that he should be able to feel that. And so I think it's just my expectation is Aaron's going to play one more season. And I wouldn't be surprised if Nate Hackett's back there calling the plays for him again. Oh, interesting. Uh, a reunion in, in Titletown. What is the conversation that you have for guys? You know, Brett Favre went through this all the time. It was in, yeah. in, in January and February, he didn't want to play anymore. Then June and July comes around, and, and Luke who wants to play football again. Um, but what is that conversation with guys who are, who are close to the end? Yeah, it's a respect conversation you try to have, you know, um, you know, just kind of gauging what they're thinking. Uh, I, I sadly I never had that opportunity to talk to a quarterback in that regard because obviously you're talking to a, a legend type. It's no different than I think that they're having conversations with Tom Brady again right now before the season ends whenever it does for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's like, how do we plan this offseason trying to decide what's your direction of what you're thinking? I'm not asking for a yes or no, but you're just trying to get that overall concept like, you know, and you can also ask leading questions, right? You know, like, hey, if we added, what would be more important? Would you rather us add a, a tight end or another wide receiver, Aaron? And then you're kind of planted yeah. in the back of his head like, I'm going to be here, right? And that's, that's the goal. Mark, um, there's, there's a lot of talk about Brady going to Vegas. What do you think the likelihood of that happening is? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense from um, – you know, reuniting with Devonte Adams, reuniting with you know Josh McDaniel. I mean, I could see where that concept would be very logical. Uh, obviously, Tampa Bay has to agree to that as well to some extent. Um, but I could see that happen if he wants to play one more. I don't know what the overall draw would be. I mean, why go there over Tampa? Um, it, obviously, it's Las Vegas, so I don't want to. And Tampa's got its own greatness too. But you know, Tampa is pretty loaded with a, a team. I know they're not playing to the level we expected them to. Uh, but I think that when you look at just their skill set across the board, they're pretty good. Uh, the Raiders are still growing that offensive line. The Raiders are still looking for maybe that number two or number three receiver. Uh, you know, hopefully they, they get the tight end back. But, no, it makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of re- reunion there. And now that Derek Carr is not, um, maybe they switch spots. And maybe Tampa Bay ends up with Derek Carr and the Ra- Vegas Raiders get Tom Brady. It's not a great trade for Tampa, but uh, it's one that could make sense. Uh, Mark Dominic joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. 20 years in NFL front offices, former general manager, of course, of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, just quickly on last night, um, I, I know TCU didn't play well and Georgia did, but the scouts eye in you. Um, I, I've been trying to tell people that it, there was always a bit of a disparity with the SEC and then you add in like Ohio State when USC's right. Uh, to a lesser extent, Michigan, Notre Dame. 
But in the NIL era, scouts eye, how big a gap was there between the two teams last night? Yeah, it was very shocking, wasn't it? I mean, look, TCU, uh, in, some, in some capacity, amazing that they got there. They just they, they got overmatched, and they, they just lost all their confidence, and the, the wheels fell off in front of our eyes, which is sad. But uh, the, the, the amount of talent that's on Georgia right now is shocking. And when you think about when you add last year's pieces to that puzzle, who was on there as you know this year's seniors, juniors, and sophomores, you could have almost said you could you could almost feel the entire defensive unit out there and play at the NFL and you have a chance. It's very rare to say that. You know, people always joke around like, oh, I think the Georgia, you know, Bulldogs could beat the Houston Texans. Not a chance. It's not going to happen. Like they're just not that good because they're not that mature yet. But I will say what Georgia has is a lot. So many great players and so many first and second, third round picks. And it's still there with depth, and I think that's it was a huge disparity in terms of just from a athletic and talent perspective. Yeah, and they're well coached too. Like, let's not act like they just roll the football out there. Like, they were really well coached. They out schemed them, and they out. I mean, like guys are running wide, wide open. No, you're exactly right. I mean, Kirby Smart has done a great job since he's been there. Um, you know, and he's. You know, as they've been saying, and that people are saying, you know, you look at what Georgia's been able to accomplish over two years is quite incredible. And, you know, it, it feels like they could be able to be in that same situation next year. So uh, this team is loaded and kids want to go there. And it's kind of, it's trying to, I know that it was the awkward st- uh, statement in front of uh, Coach Saban last night, but Georgia looks like the stomping ground and a new place where everybody wants to go play. And when you've got a team that's won that many games in a row and you got a chance to go there, the portal being open, uh, it's got a chance to be like this for a while for Georgia. Hmm. Uh, Mark Dominic joining us here, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, I know that you're only you only really have 45 guys in a game day, right? You got 48. You got kicker, long snapper, punter, right? So you got 45. And I I do understand the hey, we don't want to sit all of our guys because they want to be sharp. But the Chargers really push the envelope of how long you want to play guys in a meaningless game. Um. How much conversation is there in terms of how long you're going to play guys with the general manager and the head coach? There should be conversation, and there should be able to be a healthy conversation. Um, you know, if you're going to put them on the field for one snap, then how? What, what snap is it they might get hurt on? I, I don't know, right? <laughs> you can't predict that. I was very surprised that the Chargers went out there and played that game the way they did. I was shocked that Joey Bosa would be on the football field. I mean, there's no way I'm taking a chance to lose him or some of these other players, Keenan Allen, that haven't been able to be there all season. And now suddenly in the media game, they're going to play a bunch of snaps. They don't need it, and they didn't. And so I, I would have had a real hard discussion with Coach, and I would have disagreed vehemently. And depending on where ownership sat on it as well, we would come to a determination. But, you know, meaningless games, you know, for Tampa Bay to go out there and play a little bit, I understood because they haven't been hot and they haven't been right. And, and I know that they had to mention a bunch of the guys but they needed to get out there and just kind of get something together, just kind of have some more momentum. Chargers were rolling in, earned their playoff spot, and moving forward. They took a lot of risks there, and I don't think it was worth it. Yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I would definitely agree with you. Um, okay, the Cowboys come kind of limping into the playoffs, and they're taking on a Tampa team that under 500, it ain't like they're, they're world beaters. How concerned would you be if you were Dallas based upon their performance last weekend? I think I roll out week one uh, where Tampa beat them. And, and then I look at last week's game, and I was like, hey, look, if you think that we could just roll around and you know, be better than everybody, hopefully we can look at these two games and realize we've got a lot of work to do. Now, again, I think Dallas walked in that game way overconfident, and I think it's one of those 
losses that are perfectly timed uh, where you want to see one. And, and it kind of wakes everybody back up, puts them on the same page. And I have a feeling that, you know, Dallas will recover very well. And I think what people haven't talked about with the Cowboys, because everybody assumes they're going to have their slip, right? We saw it maybe week 18. We'll see if they have another one. But they have been drafting a lot better than people realize. And this team is starting to get more and more loaded, especially on the defensive side. When a guy like Damone Clark, who fell in the draft because of a neck injury, is really playing great for them as a rookie. Uh, they've got a lot of different young guys that are really kind of coming through for them organizationally. And I, and I think that's going to give Dallas the edge because I think they're just faster uh, than the Tampa Bay Bucks. And I know that they play better on turf than they do on grass. They're going to be playing on grass. But I don't think Tampa Bay plays exceptionally fast. Um, and I think so that could slow the game down a little bit, but I just think they're so young and athletic. I think, I think Dallas should do really well this week. Um, okay. Well, um, as we're looking ahead to wildcard weekend, Mark Dominic, former general manager of the Buccaneers, 20 years in the national football league in the front offices and scouting. He joins us on, on the Doug Gottlieb show. We haven't talked about the Jags and we talked a little about the chargers. And in addition to the fact that that place was on fire Saturday night, like what an incredible atmosphere there. Um, their defense is flying around, and I mean, like they they beat the hell of the Chargers when they played them in SoFi. They just out physicaled them, and I know the Chargers didn't have all their guys. What are your thoughts on the Jaguars this weekend? Yeah, you know, uh, very very impressive. And you're right. I mean, they won huge the last time they played, and then they went on to lose what five or six games in a row. But Jacksonville is a team where I was talking to another club executive uh, this week, just kind of checking out on them, and they've uh, qualified for the postseason too. And I said. Before this game, I was like, you know, who do you think wins this game? And they're like, oh, I think Jacksonville will. And I'm like, okay. It's because the quarterback, he's like, people don't realize how good Jacksonville really is. Like, they've got a lot of talent on that football team. When we played them, it was it was concerning. And so, you know, they ended up uh, beating Jacksonville. But he's like, they're a lot better than people realize just from when you kind of break them down person to person. And I think when you've got that, uh, you know, things obviously can come together. I mean, that ball could not have bounced better uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and, you know, because here you've got, you know, what it looked like was an opportunity for them to run the clock out if they can just complete that pass. And the game's over, and they're, and they're not going. So, you know, bounces happen, breaks happen. But Jacksonville is that team that, you know, with Trash ATN, with the young defense, I th- think it's going to be a great trip. I still think the Chargers, because of, I think, how good they're going to be defensively, especially on the defensive line, I think that's a big mismatch for Jacksonville's offensive line. And I don't think they'll be able to handle the edges of the pressure. So I think it's going to be a hard day for Lawrence. I really think San Diego, San Diego, Los Angeles will win that game uh, because I don't think the tackles match up to how good the ends are. And I think it's going to be disruptive for Trevor Lawrence. Um, the Ravens kind of come limping in, but they haven't had Lamar. And a six and a half point line feels like Lamar is going to play, but we've heard so very little. And it's really been odd, right? Like not a lot of updates on his status and it wasn't it wasn't deemed to be a major injury when he played, but he really missed close to the second half of the season. Any sense for what's actually going on in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson? Yeah, you know what the, the unique thing about Lamar is the fact that you know throughout this entire you know negotiating throughout the contract and not getting the deal, it's always been quiet. Right, he is not a guy that goes out there and talks to a lot of people. And so I think it's very interesting, you know, how quiet he is and how he just decides to handle it. Uh, my guess instinct is going to be like with Tua, is everything's going to get real knowledgeable on tomorrow on that injury report. And if their limited participation versus did not participate is going to make a huge difference. I think we'll see Lamar Jackson play personally. 
Um, I haven't spoken to anybody within the organization, but I just think he's prepped and primed, and they were like, hey, look, we're going to make the postseason. Sure, we'd like to have a home playoff game, but I'd rather have Lamar 100% healthy. Let's wait one more week kind of mentality, and I think that's what's happening. And I think Lamar probably knows that too. And like you said, when Vegas only has it at six and a half, I think they know something as well. Um, Okay. Let's say Lamar plays, but we haven't seen him. I know the two teams just saw each other, but obviously very different rosters. Joe Burrow did play, did throw for 215. Um, what, what did, and the Ravens are a team that it's a little bit on reputation because even with Lamar, they won some really close ones They lost some games that they had leads in, you know, they weren't great in what, what do we think of that matchup? Which, you know, again, if you normally say Ravens Bengals, you're like, dude, Ravens 10 times, 10 times in 10 Bengals seem like a much more stable kind of unit this year, but the Ravens have that kind of DNA of a playoff franchise. Yeah, no, I agree. They, they feel like they've been around it and been through it so much more. It, it feels to me like Cincinnati, uh, you know, what have they won? Like somewhere on 10 of the last 11 games or 12, you know, two, 12 of the last 14. I mean, they've won a lot of football. They haven't lost since October. And so when you have that kind of momentum rolling into the postseason and they were beating the Buffalo Bills and they beat the Baltimore Ravens when it mattered. I know they didn't have Lamar Jackson, but Cincinnati feels like they're striding at the right spot. And I see all the way through November, December, it wasn't like they were playing who's who's. They were playing Pittsburgh, who was a good team, and they played the Titans, and they did beat the Chiefs by three. But, you know, they weren't playing the best teams, but they were still winning and finding ways to win. And I think Cincinnati's done a good job of that. Uh, and I still think that's going to carry over and have some weight in this game this weekend. As much as I think the Ravens are a good team, I get the feeling that Cincinnati's just kind of found their groove at the right time as well. Um, Philadelphia or San Francisco? Who, are, who would you be more likely to think represents the NFC? Oh, you know, the Hard, defense right? in San Francisco is so good and it's such a tough question. And Jalen has played so well. I lean towards San Francisco is going to be there. Um, you know, having been part of a Super Bowl, uh, everybody likes to look at offenses. Everybody likes to be a part of it. And I think offenses get you to the playoffs. But I still think a defense generally helps you win that playoff game. It'll create that turnover when you need it. It'll, it'll create that stop when you have to have it instead of just a nonstop shootout. And so uh, i, I got to lean towards what San Francisco's been able to do defensively. And uh, I think that that should, uh, if, they can, if they can hold off those Cowboys, you remember before the season, uh, you know, I picked the, the Buffalo Bills and the Dallas Cowboys. So I've still got to stick with Dallas, even though they just limped in. So if they can hold off the Cowboys, I think the 49ers will make it. Mark, enjoy the wild card round. Thanks so much for joining us. Happy New Year to you. We'll talk to you soon. Happy New Year as well. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the Tyrac.com studios. Game time is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All for your protection in one place. Bundle and save Progressive.com. Let's get to a game. This is Game Time. It's Game Time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Game Time brought to you by Progressive Insurance, as we say. What do you got there, Dan Byer? Doug, the game today is... Rank them. All right, Doug, rank your final top three in college football for this season. Um, Michigan three? Nah, nah, forget that. Alabama three, Ohio State two, Georgia one. Hmm. Interesting. Bama making the top three. Buckeyes, oh, so close to beating Georgia, and then we saw what happened last night. All right, Doug, rank your top three candidates for NFL head coaching jobs. Mm. The names that we're hearing. Um, D'Amico Ryans at three. Uh, D'Amico Ryans at three, Sean uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh at two, and Sean Payton one. Mm. I was wondering if uh, Harbaugh was going to make the list. I knew Payton would, and I knew Payton would probably be number one. But I was curious if Harbaugh made the list. And and and, and the thinking behind it is this: like I think D'Amico, like D'Amico, because of the recency of playing, uh, relationships he has in the league, like I think he's going to be good. Just Harbaugh's done it and won, and he played in the league. Like a little bit older now, whatever. But, I mean, clearly he has, in order to win in the NFL, you got to have him believe that you've, and especially when you've done it before, he's actually done it before. It feels like with him interviewing with the Broncos that he's going along with part of the dance, where the Colts are also interviewing a bunch of people, and that in the end, I still think a lot of us feel he'll be in Indianapolis. Uh, Just, I don't know. I don't know if he'll be in, I think you take the interview, here's why I think you take the interview in Denver. 
richest owner in the National Football League. I think that's why you take the Carolina interview. Another, David Tepper wants to win multi-billionaire, right? Those guys, you want to get an offer. You get an offer like, hey, man, you can offer me $20 million. And then if you want to do the Colts, you go like, look, I'd like to do it, but here's what the number is. Or you use it and leverage Michigan to get an even better deal. Doug, rank your top three options for Aaron Rodgers in 2023. Um, okay. Being traded is three. Retiring is two. Returning is one. Mm-hmm. All right. On the heels- and it felt like Mark Dominic said he thinks he's going to return too, right? Yes. Yes. That ultimately that this will all end up you know, subsiding and that he'll be back because of the pieces that they have, you know, Christian Watson, Nathaniel Hackett, maybe coming back um, to green Bay. Makes those, sense. Yeah. Those yeah I, I heard that, that. That makes complete sense. Doug rank the three biggest blowouts that you remember in sports. Mm. Three biggest blowouts. I remember every super bowl of our childhood. You could put right. Well, I, I remember one more than, more than the rest. Um, Okay, so the biggest blowouts I can think of. Hold on, let me think. Wasn't there a like a some like Memorial Day massacre in the NFL in the NBA between the Lakers and the Celtics? Yeah, that was a bad. But I think the other team came back and won the series. But that was a bad. It was like a forty point win. Yeah, Lakers won that, that series in eighty five. But the Celtics beat them by like forty in game one or game two in That's Boston. That's correct. Okay, good. I got I got somewhere got it got it close. Um. The Chargers getting beat by the Niners in the Super Bowl because that was when I had officially switched over to being a Charger fan. Uh, one, because the Rams and Raiders were leaving or had left. Two, I love Stan the Man Humphreys and Natron means business. Right, But that game was over at the coin flip. But the worst one was when the Redskins beat the Broncos. Was it Timmy Smith? Is that yes, the name I'm thinking Super of? Super Bowl Twenty Two. That game was such a blowout. Uh, I think Timmy Smith had... Four touchdowns in the first quarter? They they scored 35 points in the second quarter of that game. Second quarter. It was 10 and he scored, I think, four, I think he scored three or four of them. Yeah, three. Yeah. And it was one, we used to play dunk ball at halftime. And the reason we would play five-on-five five dunk ball at halftime is because oftentimes we'd go like, we don't really have to come in for the second half. As you said, all those games were bad as kids. Uh, time is up. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use the code Gottlieb for a special offer. That's code Gottlieb, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. What will the Cowboys do this weekend? We'll discuss next. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at first first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 